0: So good to be here. Well, you know, church, we're in the series called You Asked for It. You asked for it. And what the series is about is that, is that you get to ask, you get to ask, ask, ask us, and uh, where we can respond to whatever you ask for. And, and last week, Pastor PJ, he spoke on dreams. Oh my gosh, there's so much packed in there. I listened to it online. I thought, oh, it's an amazing message. If you missed it, I encourage you to go back and have a look at it. At, uh, you'll be blessed by hearing that. So today, I'm going to respond to a question. I'm going to respond to a question. These questions are, are always very interesting. And the question is this. As wokeness is becoming a major philosophy in the world now, ooh, that's an interesting question, do Christians need to be involved or be part of the woke ideology? No. Right? That's the question. And here is, and uh, here is, some of already got like, oh, I already know what this means. And then the next question is, is, what is apostasy in the church? What is apostasy in the church? And so I saw this question, and I was like, why not respond? So it looks like a good one. But to really understand the woke ideology is that we really need to understand what it means, right? Like for many of you guys, you're like, what does this actually mean? And some of you already know you, we've heard this. If you follow American politics, you know exactly what this means. See, woke is a loaded term. It's a, it's a slang word that originated in the US. It's loaded. And it's really determined. The meaning of this word woke is really determined by who is saying it. Who is saying it. In fact, the old meaning of the word woke is defined as this, to wake up. To wake up, right? Makes sense. I woke up. To wake up. That's what it means. To wake up. And the, the term stay woke became a slang word in the US to mean to be aware of what's really going on racially around us. Unfortunately, in 2021, the term term woke became politicized by U.S. politics. And they began to throw this word around to the left. I, um, accusing the right of not being woke, and what basically they're saying is that um, they're saying you're racist without saying the word racist or things like this, and then and then you've got the right of, if you follow American politics and goes we need to be anti woke and all this, and it got crazy you know, and and it's got messy and muddled, and the original meaning of this word was lost, and it, and, and, it, and and it's now it's, and it's become very messy and it's very and it, and it can be very negative, which is why we are no longer using that phrase for a series we normally do in February, only because it, the journey of this word has become a change. English language, right? It changes, meanings change. How it was, and it changes over time. The things we say today that if we said maybe 100 years ago, people were think, oh my gosh, you actually said that? And, uh, and we said, why, what's wrong with it? Because the words change, and this is, this is natural progression. So nowadays, woke is referred to being aware or well-informed, in a political or uh, in a political or cultural sense, especially regarding issues surrounding marginalised communities, it describes someone who has woken up to issues of social just, injustice, right? And I said, "Wow, that that sounds, that sounds, um, yeah, that, that makes sense, right? You know." Um, and so, yeah, and so the, why this is why I probably this question was ah, Should Christians get involved in it? That has been uh, that has been politicised by U.S. politics. And I think the answer to the question is that we need to be woke about it, <laughs> okay? And, what I'm, and I'm, using, I'm using the original meaning to wake up. We need to wake up to, to, to the dangers of this thinking, because really the dangers of this thinking is really just, it's just a thinking that's been around for a long time, we've just given it new words and new names, right? It's a real, it's actually a human issue. It's a human issue. We're just given a new name. It's not something that just appeared and it's always, you name it, it's always been around. It's always been around. So we need to be aware and guard our heart from actually is going on. We've got, to be, we've got to be very careful. We've got to be woke about it. We've got to stay woke. If you're looking for a title from a message, it's called Stay Woke. Stay Woke. And it's really about like, okay, you know, I need to be aware. Make sure I'm guarding. Be aware what's happening in my heart what's going on with the pressures that is going on and this whole woke ideology and, and, and we've got to be careful because it does tend to lean towards cancel culture. Cancel culture. Meaning if you are not woke, therefore we are canceling you. Right? If you are not or if you're not if you're not woke, we are canceling you. Uh, in fact um, if you continue down this 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 kind of thinking and, and splitting every everyone up into marginalized groups. You know what? You, you're identified as, um, as, a, as, a, as a black woman. You're identified, and this is what to do, um, you're identified as trans. You're identified as, you know, whatever genders and all and, and that. And, and then, therefore, we're now split up into these categories. Therefore, there's got to be an oppressor to these categories. And then, then we can get into this whole thing of, that person is, is not woke. And this is where we can get into trouble and it can get very, very messy. It can. Which uh, which is really interesting because when we think about the Bible, the Bible has a major emphasis on social justice. Just read it. Where it's identifying people who are marginalized and vulnerable. This is what the Bible teaches. Not and quite often, this is not how followers respond, but this is what the Bible teaches. Right? And and, and it's making sure that there are systems in place to support. People who are marginalized and who are, who, who, um, who are less fortunate. And this is what the Bible teaches. And if, and if you're a Bible believer, this is that we're supposed to be involved in things like that. Which is why hospi- hospitals, schools, banks, universities, and many similar organizations are uniquely, is a uniquely Christian contribution to the history of human rights. The reason why we have hospitals and universities and schools is because of of followers of Jesus taking these principles and turning them in places where we can begin to help those in need. It comes from the Bible. This is where it starts from. This is where it comes from, which is really ironic, really ironic, because many people who get stuck and get in this wave of woke ideology quite often cancel the church. Why do they cancel the church? Because the church is not woke enough, right? Right? In fact, just by saying you are a Christian can mean, and for some people, they cancel you. You're a Christian? Oh, this is what you believe. I'm canceling you, right? Have you ever felt that in your workplace where you, as, as soon as someone finds out you're a Christian, all of a sudden, they cancel you, right? And, 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 this is, and, it's, and, it's, and it's dangerous. We need to be aware what's going on. If you're part of this, just be aware what's going on in your heart. How do we guard our hearts? And what what's leads to apostasy? This is where I'm connecting apostasy in this. It leads to apostasy. What does apostasy mean? Apostasy means to fall away. To fall away. It means to lose your faith. In fact, the book of Hebrews is all about apostasy. The book of Hebrews is all about not losing your way. And we did a whole series on the book of Hebrews about, you know, about not losing your way, not losing your faith. And what I mean by that is that many of our young people, they're falling away because they go to university. They go to university and, and people who are awake will say to them, did you know? Did you know that the Bible is sexist? Did you know that the Bible is teaches homophobia? Did you know? Uh, did you know that the that the, um, the that the Bible teaches racism? Did you know that? And here's the thing: because we we for, for us for a lot of Christians we because we want to protect our people, we protect them from their Bibles and they're like ah oh, I don't you know so they're not aware of these issues, right? And so we protect because ah oh, I don't want them getting confused. The problem is, if, if we don't teach what the Bible says, what it really says, because, because um, someone else is going to teach them what it says, and they really don't know anything about it. Because people, quite often people say to me, well, do you know the Bible is sexist, homophobic and racist? And I say, really? Where does it say that? And they go, oh, it's in there somewhere. How do you know it's in there? Right? Which is why we do a, se- we do a series every couple of years called uh, God Behaving Badly, which is just to get your attention. And we address all those issues. Because why? Because we want to make sure that our people are equipped, so when they come against these terms, right? There's no apostasy. People aren't falling away because they're not equipped. Because I've never heard that before. What? Do you know the Bible teaches that women can't lead? They've got to be submitted under male dominant authority. And they go, actually, let's let's pull that. Up. Let's 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 stop. Hold your horses. Let's pull back. So we're going to be very, very careful. But here's the thing. I'm not going to. And, and this whole thing on this woke ideology, I'm just. I'm going to stop there. On it, I'm not going to talk into it because why? Because it's messy. It's we can go on and on. There's so many different. There is so many different meanings. It's just we we can't even do that justice. But what I do want to talk about is the more I looked into this, the more I realised this is a human condition. And we just change and give different reason, reason. This is see, and we need to guard our heart from being judgmental. It's not just people who are in this woke ideology, but it's every single one of us who's sitting in this room. See, as Christians, we fall into this trap all the time, don't we? That we fall into this trap all the time. That we can be so condemning. No wonder, no, you know. And it just fuels, uh, just, it just, just fuels this, the, the the accusation towards the church by outsiders because the way that we act, because we're not actually acting the way that the Bible is telling us we should be acting. Because we fall into this trap and we be, we can begin so condemning. We we see Christians holding a placard saying that uh, that God hates gay people, which is not true at all. It is an utter lie. God does not hate gay people. God loves all people. And He deals with with whatever issues we have. And that is an utter lie. And this is what... But it's more than that. We are so condemning to each other. We're so condemning to... You know, we we put all these things out there because we want to be like, I want to stand out. But we can be so hateful in our comments. But we're even more hateful to one another. You know, we fall into this trap. I mean, just, just, just take a look at the um, vaccine debate. A lot of believers were hateful to one another. And, and they say, oh, no, no, no. And, and they, all they throw in, this is what God, I believe God is saying, to make their hateful actions and, and what they're saying justify, which God is not part of. And so that's why I think it's very careful for us when we talk about this, this woke ideology. Yeah, yeah, that's them. Actually, no, that's us too. In fact, that's actually a real human condition that we need to stay woke and be aware of what's really going on to wake up what's going on in my heart. What's really going on? Because this is what happens when, when we have these intense feelings. This is, this is what's happening in society and this is what we do to one another. We, a, now I don't just not like you, I hate you. You have a different opinion to me. I don't just not like you. I hate you. I cancel you. And we as Christians say, oh, that's, that's just a woke thing. But Christians do that as well. You have a different belief to me in what this Christian theology is. You have a different belief in how our system should be run. Well, therefore, I cancel you. I'm going somewhere else because you guys are not of God. And we, and we throw words and say, oh, they don't follow the things of God. They're not of God. God-believing Bible it's as if they have the authority of God. Right? So we've got to be very careful. And so I do want to also to, uh, to, to lighten up the mode a little bit as well. So, you know, oh my gosh, this is intense. Oh my gosh, it's intense. So, so in saying that, come on. So how do we protect our heart? Right? And here's the good news. Here is the good news. You can. Here is the good news. We can begin to guard our heart and, and, and begin to be, and stay awake of what's going on, and how easily it can, can uh, come into our hearts, and Jesus knows that as well. And, and He knows there's something inside of us that creates this posture of arrogance towards others and ignorance towards ourselves. Isn't it so true? We have this. We when we come into a situation, we have this posture of arrogance of, of uh, arrogance to other people, other beliefs, other opinions, but we're ignorant to our own issues, right? And, and Jesus knows this. And 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 so how do we protect our heart? And you know what, and here's the thing, instead of seeing people, instead of seeing their dignity, whether you like them or not, whether they're of a different faith or different how they act in life, regardless of any of that, you know, we need to see people's dignity as a divine image-bearing human being who is made in the image of God. Because we strip all their complexities away and we dehumanize them. Right, And we define them by the choice or the behavior that we disagree with. And this is what Jesus is getting at. And this is the passage we're going to go to. Because Jesus is saying, this is not how my kingdom operates. And this is not how my followers are supposed to operate to other people, to one another and to people who are, who are supposed to be reaching with love and grace. That is not how my kingdom is built. And he begins to help us and give us wisdom that is so profound. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 7. If you are familiar with the the book of Matthew, Jesus gives this amazing sermon called the Sermon of the Mount. It goes from Matthew chapter 5 to chapter 7. Incredible. If you want, what does it what does it look like to be a follower of Jesus? Just read Matthew chapter 5 to 7 and just keep reading and just begin to apply that in your life. But this is what he says in verse 1. Right? We know this verse. We use this verse. Quite often, right? Especially when someone says something about me. We say, do not judge. You can't judge me. You know, you can't judge. Yeah, the Bible says, do not judge. We just throw it around just to make us feel better because of something we've done. We know it's wrong, but we just say, say, hey, don't judge me. The Bible says, or you too will be judged. And quite often we use this word judge when we use things like this in a negative way, like we've got this, some kind of superiority, ser- superiority complex or something like that, but, but that's not actually how we use this word quite often, right? Because the, the word judge is a, is a simple word, and in, he, in Greek it's the word krenos, um, but it's really describing multiple options before us, right? And where we've got multiple options before us, and because of my experience, because of what I know about it, and I'll weigh up all the different facts, and I'll make a decision, Vanilla or chocolate? And the answer is simple. Chocolate. Right? Amen. Let's we'll move on. No argument needed. Thus saith the Lord. I believe the Lord is saying this, so therefore it must be true. Okay, let's move on. Oh, that pastor's not woke. Yes. Right? But, you know, what Jesus is getting at is a certain kind of judgment or a certain way of doing things. When we, and he does this when we look at verse 2. He breaks it down even more. For in the same way as you judge others, you will be judged with the measure you, you use. It will be measured to you. So apparently there's a way to make a judgment that is fair, right? And so when somebody judges you based upon how you judge them, you'll be like, yeah, that's fair. That's a fair assessment. Apparently there's a way like that. I'm like, wow, that's, that sounds awesome. But that also means there is a way that we judge people. And if they judge you in the same way, you're like, that's not what I mean. That's not what I'm saying. You're making assumptions about me. You're filling in the gaps. You're assuming motives that I actually don't have. Right? And that's what Jesus is getting at. There are are ways that we do this that is actually, no, that's not what I mean. Have you ever been judged unfairly? Have you ever had people make assumptions about your character based off something that you did and you didn't mean it? Right? We've all been there before. It's terrible when people misunderstand you. And this is what Jesus is talking about here. We go on to verse 3. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? Right? This is what he's saying. How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? And we think about the, the, the word that Jesus is getting at is like the size of a telephone pole in your eye. Right? There's a speck in your, in your brother's eye. Uh, they've done something wrong. Yeah, abs- abs- he's not saying they haven't done anything wrong. And there's, and there's a speck that needs to be addressed. But he says, wait, hang on. There's, there's something in your eye It's as big as a telephone pole. Right? It's ridiculous. That's, that's the point Jesus is making. We're meant to laugh. When we hear that, it's meant to grab our attention. Right? When all the time there's a plank in your own eye, verse 5, you hypocrite. <laughs> First take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eyes. Right? Notice what Jesus is saying. He's not saying that the other person is innocent. He's not saying that at all. But what he's saying is that, actually, you need to do a whole lot of work on yourself. You need to do a whole lot on your, and change the way you're thinking right now before you address this person. That's what he's saying. It doesn't mean that their behavior is all of a sudden right Right, right. It, 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 it might actually be wrong. But we just can't assume that, that we know the whole story is what he's saying. Don't assume you know the whole story. Don't fill in the blanks. We do that all the time. We need to do serious reflections and say, you know what? I've got issues too. That's what he's saying. You've, we've got issues too. That you know, Don't assume that you can see clearly when we can't because because we, we're looking at something. We can't actually see clearly. Because there's, there's some issues in our own life that we need to deal with first. And when we deal with these issues, then we can begin to see clearly. He's not just saying there's something in there. That's what he's saying. That, you know what? Guess what? You've done stupid things too. Guess what? You've said dumb things too. And you know what? When you begin to self-reflect and realize, actually, you know what? This person's done something, but I'm, man, oh my gosh, if this person knew what I've done, I don't want them to know. And just to deal with that. And when you do that, then all of a sudden your posture changes. Now you come with a posture of grace. Not, and you know, rather than a we are against one another, I'm coming with a posture that we are with one another. We are together. Here's the thing Jesus doesn't condemn me for my massive issues, He doesn't condemn me for my, my, my massive issues, right? Jesus doesn't treat us like how we treat others. He doesn't. He doesn't condemn us. Did you know the only people that Jesus really weighed into were extremely judgmental, religious people? They were the only people Jesus weighed into, right? And he, he, he had parties, welcomed people to come, and, and he loved them. You know, the prostitutes, the tax collectors, tax collectors were seen as like mafia, organized crime. He went to them and he loved them. The people he weighed into were, were extremely judgmental, religious people. I'm so glad that Christians aren't judgmental and can't Aren't we, aren't we, aren't we so, so good? Right? I'm not like that. That's not me. Oh my goodness, I'm stepping away. Your lightning's going to strike soon. Right? Here's the thing when we allow Jesus to deal with the telephone pole in our eyes, it changes me. It creates an environment where we're not against each other. That's important. But notice this parable doesn't just end with um, people walking away and never having an uncomfortable conversation, or not having a difficult conversation. That's not the point, and this is how we look at it. Oh, I can't really say anything. Into it. That's not that not point. It's actually changing our posture before we get in there. Change the way we do this. Which leads us to what Jesus says ne- next in verse 6. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. And you're like, oh my gosh. He's saying, you know, we're, tra- we're, calling, what? we're calling them pigs and dogs? That's not what, we're missing what Jesus is trying to say here. Do not give, your do- give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces, right? Don't give the dogs what they don't value. What does your dog want? Right. What does your dog value? Love, attention, right? A steak, a chicken from your plate. And if you go to uh, Matt and Michelle's house, that's, and Matt walks out, Michelle says, quickly give, give, give the dog something to eat before Matt comes back. <laughs> oh, sorry, I didn't say that. <laughs> right. and, and so don't give, some, don't give something that you value. What, what he's saying is don't just barge in and begin to go oh, into something that on a topic That they don't actually value because if you do, if you do, you're going to make the situation worse. Actually, come in with grace because they don't see it your way. Don't just barge in because your way is the right way, they don't see it your way. If you you do that, it's going to turn worse. What does it say? He says, uh, They will turn and tear you to pieces because they don't see it your way. He said, No, 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 don't do that. He says, Come with wisdom, with wisdom, self reflection. And look at your own life, judge your own life, and you come humbly. And it humbles me to come before that and let's journal, let's have a conversation. It can be difficult. Let's help each other understand what we're trying to say and, and how we say, how do you, okay, you, you, you believe this? I have this conversation with my daughter all the time. She challenges me all the time. And, I, and I'm always asking questions like, I need to understand how you, what do you think like this? Because I, I'm obviously not there. And, and, and I do it in a respectful way. Then she asks me questions to try to understand what I'm trying to say. And that's how we do it. With dignity, we see we don't dehumanize people and then label them based upon choices and behaviors they've made that that disagree with your opinions. That's not what we do. So how do we actually do this? Because the problem for most of us is we stop at verse one. Oh, Jesus said don't judge, so I'm not going to say anything. That's not what Jesus is saying. And don't do that. Right? There's a real issue that needs to be dealt with. Don't do it. What he is saying is that, that we need to approach people with how we would like to be approached with. by. We need to talk to people like the way that we would like to be talking. Just, just the teaching of Jesus. Sounds familiar, right? Before I say something, I need to recognize that I do stupid things too, that I have real issues too. Before I say th- Begin to say so. I need to look at myself. And what does it do? It humbles me that I begin to come with a posture of grace. I may disagree with you, but I'm not going to dehumanize you. But I am going to treat you with the utmost dignity that you deserve because you are made in the image of God. Regardless of what you believe, regardless if you have a different faith, I'm still going to respect you and treat you with dignity. Not strip away your humanity and then label you with something that I disagree with. Do you know why? Because this next phrase that I'm going to say is a phrase that I would say often. If you come here enough, you hear me say this. Because this is a phrase that helps me stay humble and centers me. And it's this phrase. I know a mess when I see a mess because I am a mess. I know a mess when I see a mess because I am a mess. And you may be hearing, well, oh, that's not me. Man, that's good for you. One day I hope to be like you because that's not me. I need to guard my heart. So easy for me because, you know, this is, the, this is really ironic. We look at the, uh, the, uh, the, the wokeness ideology and we begin to look how bad they are. You know what? We begin to do to them what they've done to us. It's crazy. Because I know a mess when I see a mess because I am a mess. And it changes my posture. Not being judgment, but I want to come in love and grace. We might disagree with that at the end, but I'm still going to treat you with the utmost respect. Because I know a mess when I see a mess because I am a mess. In 1963, 20 years before I was born, just kidding, 20, 30, 40 years. Okay. Anyway, in 1963, right in front of Dr. Martin Luther King's house, someone had burned a cross. Right in front of his house. And this has happened many times. What Dr. Martin Luther King did, he he put on his best suit. And he went out to his front yard. And there were reporters there. They were all there waiting. What's he going to say? What's he going to do? Right. And this is what he does. He, he bends down, and he, he grabs the cross. He pulls it out of the ground. Could you just show that, that picture, please? Here he is. This is the, this is the picture here. He bends down, and he picks the cross out, of the, and he pulls it out of the grass. And then he begins to utter this prayer. God, will you show favor? And will you bless the people who did this? Right? For many of us, we think, I don't know if I can do that. Do you know how you can do that? Do you know how you can play, pray the blessing upon someone who's, who's offended you, who's hurt you? you know how you can do that? It's when you begin to recognize in yourself. When you begin to recognize the telephone pole in your own eyes. These people have done this to me. But you know what? I can be like that. I may not do that physically, but my attitude can be like that. And so he begins to do something to them that he would love everyone to do to him. And begins to pray blessing upon them. When you, when you read Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s letters from Birmingham jail, when he was, spent time in Birmingham jail, what you begin to see is that, that Dr. Martin Luther King, he had lots of flaws like we all do. He did, and he, and he didn't hide it. Because he knows a mess when he sees a mess, because he is a mess. He knew that. He recognized that. But it was the teachings of Jesus that drove this man. And you can see it reflected in a quote, famous quote. You can see the teachings of Jesus reflected in this quote. This is what he says. The ultimate weakness of violence is that it is a descending spiral begetting the very thing it seeks to destroy. Instead of diminishing evil, it multiplies it. Through violence, you may murder the liar, but you cannot murder the lie. Nor establish the truth. Through violence, you murder the hater, but you do not murder the hate. In fact, violence merely increases hate. Returning violence for violence multiplies violence, adding a deeper darkness to a light already devoid of stars. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. You know, the people around you are not your enemy people on the streets who are yelling out, condemning words, they're not your enemy. Your wife, your husband, people in your relationship relationship circle are not your enemy. Your parents are not your enemy. Your children are not your enemy. How do I know this? Because I know a mess when I see a mess. Because I am a mess. Love is the only force capable of transforming an enemy into a friend. You know, Dr. Martin Luther King, he was saturated. He saturated himself within the gospel teachings of Jesus. And because of that, he captured a nation. Because I know a mess. When I see a mess, because I am a mess. So stay woke in your heart. Be aware. Guard your heart. Come on, let us pray.